0: The Fantasy Focus Football Podcast is presented by GEICO. Whether you rent or own, GEICO makes it easy to bundle home and auto insurance. Go to GEICO.com today. The Fantasy Focus Football podcast is presented by ZipRecruiter. Going with a team defense that gave up 5
1: touchdowns last week, not smart. But using ZipRecruiter to find qualified candidates fast, that's smart. ZipRecruiter identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, then actively invites them to apply. Try it free at ziprecruiter.com/06010. slash ziprecruiter.com/06010. And I see you in the
0: 06010.
1: Welcome into the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast. It's Thursday. Games begin again. I cannot wait. Football Thursday, Week Ten.
2: You're still excited, and it's Week Ten, and it's Thursday Night Football,
1: and you're still excited. You know me. I'm Mister Power of Positivity here. Field Yates alongside Matthew Barry, who is back and looking excellent in pink. Matthew, it's a good color on you, Fanya. I appreciate that. Thank you. And Star Fanya Bell is here as well. We color
2: coordinated. Yeah, it's going to say
1: that you guys forget. Did you notice to that?
3: I mean, I know it? I'm not your.
2: um your your muse when it comes to fashion any longer, but still,
3: Field Yates is I, my. Th- I feel like I
2: inspired animal. you at some level because you're wearing similar color. I pattern have. To me. Uh,
3: I I feel I feel pretty in pink.
1: <laughs> you do look pretty in pink, Matthew. We got a great show today to preview the Panthers and the Steelers. We've got some news.
3: We're gonna let Matthew
1: once he turns his phone on to no more uh, noise. Bad? It's you know what? It's
3: not. It's um. It's my phone provider letting me know that uh, my. Uh, my Bills auto pay <laughs> went No, my auto pay went through. Yeah, I'm so. oh, well,
1: 75% good. over my allotted data storage <laughs> for the month of November, and it's only November, what, 8th? I think it's November 8th. Anyways, yeah. November 8th, we've also got, so we didn't mention news. We mentioned Pittsburgh and Carolina, where well, that game is being played tonight, plus Twitter questions. We want your Twitter questions. So tweet at fantasy focus with questions that you might have. And we've had some success over the past couple of days of doing these just rapid fire, like literally one word it's answers to these questions so we can get through a lot of them. So if you got lineup questions for this week, if you've got questions about Matthew's defining a decision to wear pink today, if you want to ask anything, uh, everything that is available, or everything's on the map today is what I should say. So tweet most at every, fantasy most focus. Most everything. Most everything. Yeah, we'll draw the line somewhere. But Keith can moderate that part. Tweet at Fantasy Focus. Mm-hmm. We want your questions. But before we get to the news, a quick revisit. Yesterday at the end of the show, we did a poll. We we revealed a poll which had me in the lead. We did a we did a live read contest, Matthew. It was a quite a rambunctious show. I have you know, know. I'm, I'm sure. As you can tell, um, we did a live read contest. Okay. I read and then our Stefania read and then I followed it up. I went straight theatrical because I am. He was going to Hamilton. Hamilton
2: last night. He was inspired, oh, yeah, I so saw he
1: that. Tried. I saw. It was amazing. I bet. Sorry, I'll spare so, everybody's like, yeah, no kidding. We he all he thought
2: saw it. he was a thespian when he did his live. I have rate.
1: not seen it. <laughs> uh, you need to make time for that. Yeah. I've heard. You I've heard from everyone. Uh, you did not see it because you're just jilted because you were not cast as Hamilton.
3: No, I just, I just have. It, it is tough during the season to get down to New York, and the um I, I saw Springsteen on Broadway, which was a limited run. So I, I will get to Hamilton in the off season. Hamilton is definitely a bucket list item. But anyways, we did a read, and
1: at the end of the show yesterday, I was leading that. Daniel, was I not? Oh, you were. You definitely were. So who
0: made the decision to
1: continue this poll for a full 24 hours?
0: I want to know that. That was me. I just said I wanted to have it because you needed to let Stefania because she was, you know, we need to let the end of it has to play out. So wanted to give everyone a chance to weigh in. So it's not just the Twitter viewers, but it's also the podcast listeners. Yes, yeah, so I think it out that's afterwards.
2: most fair. You want to count all the ballots. Fifteen. Very representative.
1: Fifteen hundred people. I think this must be a typo because I think it must have been <laughs> one hundred fifty thousand people voted. And Stefania won. Are you kidding me? That was the
2: lamest live read ever. I don't think it was. Judging by the what the people say, there's not even that's a, that's above the margin the for reads. error. No runoff necessary. I won fair and square.
1: Stefania wins again. Let's get to the football. Extra,
4: extra. Rio model. re-all model. News or noise.
0: Loud
4: noises.
1: I'm, I'm going to resist doing it, but I'm thinking about calling for the breaking news drop because Leonard Fournette practiced. <laughs> Wouldn't you know, the Jaguars running back returned to practice, and Stefania, good news, he was a full participant on Wednesday.
2: He was. You know what the breaking news will be? The breaking news will be if he does it twice in a row, because yeah. this is the problem with these guys with hamstring injuries. We've, we've seen it with Dalvin Cook. We'll see it again in a minute with Darren Sproles, but he practiced fully. Now, if he can do it two days in a row. Make it three, then we'll see him out there this week, and I think he'll get a fair
1: share of work. So, would you say your expectation is that unless he participates in full practice each day, he might actually not play again? Like if I, he was I limited just, on Thursday, would you be nervous for Sunday?
2: I would find it strange, okay. right? Because I think he was he was close. Uh, if if just to take people back to when he actually went out and they made the decision, they signed Carlos Hyde, they made the decision he'd be out through the bye week. He had gone into a game and played, but he said it was really when he tried to get into that high gear. We've heard this from a couple of different guys. He tries to get to over 80%, and he would feel a catch. And he kept feeling that, and it was problematic. And so he was operating at pretty close to a high level, and I think they just wanted the extra rest. If they were still limiting him now, yeah, I'd be concerned.
1: So here is what's interesting with Leonard Fournette is, let's presume he plays on Sunday. TJ Yeldon, for fantasy purposes, was just fine when Leonard Fournette was out. But you've got Carlos Hyde in the mix as well. In a normal week, a fully healthy Leonard Fournette in what I would consider a fairly neutral matchup. I don't consider this as, like, the Colts is not a team that I feel like he's going to stampede over. I also don't view them as a team that scares me in the way that if Leonard Fournette was playing his own defense, it might scare (laughs) me. So all things being considered, I would normally have him healthy, top 10 running back, and probably pretty easily. And yet for this week's rankings... When they came out, they came out. Uh, I believe Tuesday morning, so a couple of days ago, Leonard Fournette checked in at 16 in the consensus ranks. Which actually happens to be where I have him as well. Matthew, you're a little bit higher on him. And Stefania uh, is I around there somewhere. Uh, 15. I'm sorry, you have him at 20, so you're a little bit lower yeah. on Leonard Fournette. I am ranking him there, and the reason, like, so again, that just uh, there is a bit of a calculation involved that. Hey, Carlos Hyde might see right. five to seven carries. T.J. Yeldon's not
2: going away. T.J. Yeldon
1: could stay, could yeah. still play a little bit. So I guess what the question that I am curious about is whether Leonard Fournette can ever become an RB one at any point this season for a prolonged. I'm not saying like have one game of RB one status, but Matthew, I don't know that we're ever going to see consecutive or three or four weeks in a row where we're saying, "Yep, Leonard
3: Fournette, top ten running back, set it and forget it." Uh, see, I, I, I guess I disagree there. Okay. I, I, I think Carlos Hyde and TJ Yeldon are merely depth. I think the point of having somebody like Leonard Fournette is just to, is to wear a defense down. Like, he's not a part time player. Like, the, the way he's built, the way they've used him, I mean, you think about 2017, where he had the six most yards per carry in the fourth quarter, the fifth most rushing yards in the fourth quarter. I mean, he, he's somebody that, in order to use him effectively, he needs 20 to 25 touches mm. in a game. Like, you need to wear down a defense. He's not somebody that you rotate in or out. And so my belief is that Hyde, who certainly didn't impress in his one Jaguar – I mean, no one in the Jaguars did in that particular game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I ranked him 12th, Coulter 19th against the run over the last four weeks here. I, I, I'm. If Leonard Fournette is healthy, he's in my lineup, he's out there, and I can't imagine – Having Yeldon or Hyde as anything other than handcuffs at this point. I just, yeah, a, I don't, I don't see
1: them going to some sort
3: of committee here. I just don't.
1: I think I do. I just, again, you, you trade away a fifth round pick for Carlos Hyde to play one week and then be relegated to a backup
3: role. But I don't uh, that's, think, I think, if, if I may, sorry, go ahead, finish your no, sentence. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, you go. I was just going to say is I don't, I don't believe the, um, uh, to me, I don't, I don't look at it like that. I don't look at it as it. Uh, hey, we traded a fifth round pick to get one week. I think there are – and Stefania can speak better to this than I can – I think there are serious concerns about the long-term health of Leonard Fournette. He's somebody that was banged up in college, who was banged up last year, who gets banged up this year. Mm. This is a team at the time that they made the trade, had Super Bowl aspirations, and with Corey Grant out for the year as well. T.J. Yeldon who's battled injuries all season long. So I think this was much more about depth for, candidly – not a high price. I don't think a fifth mm-hmm. round pick for a player of Carlos Hyde's talent is that much to ask for. So I think the thought was that if we lose Fournette again, we have a talented running back to take his place. But I don't think this is a, this is the idea. They have never, under Doug Marone, they have never operated in a committee format. Yeah. I guess
1: I see it differently. I think that Carlos Hyde is more
3: talented than any other backer running back they've
1: ever had. I think that even though Leonard Fournette is slated to return this weekend, it would not surprise me to see Carlos Hyde on the field for 12 or so snaps. Let's move forward to Cameron Meredith because news broke this morning that the Saints are placing Meredith on injured reserve happens to dovetail with the fact that they decided to sign Des Bryant, who is now in the building today. Stefania, you and I mentioned this yesterday, the idea that like maybe something's not right in the world of Cameron Meredith. That low snap count might not just be because, hey, he's not picking up the offense. He doesn't have a rhythm with Drew Brees. People, I don't want to say they forget this, but remind them, this was not your run-of-the-mill knee injury he suffered last preseason. It
2: wasn't. It was a multi-ligament knee injury, which they're always harder to come back from. Uh, there, we, we were a little suspicious about how he would work out in New Orleans because the Chicago Bears were clearly ready to give him up and they had had him there so they knew the injury the situation what they were dealing with and I think the Saints thought he could be useful in a particular role um, but that role has been extremely limited we've seen him limited in practice and uh, we don't know if there was some kind of I don't know if the word setback or something else that came up but some something has arisen that there are now reports that he will need some kind of knee scope uh and he's going on injured reserve like he just wasn't able to contribute i believe at the level that they were hoping for and so now they've got somebody who is ready to contribute who should have fresh legs in Des Bryant and Cameron Meredith goes on injured reserve and and credit to you 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 called this yesterday you saw that when we were talking about Des signing them you're like Maybe this is a signal that Meredith is just not. It's he's just not going to. Or maybe he's going to end up being placed on injury reserve.
1: I hope. And again, I'm not trying to put myself put uh, the cart before the horse here. And I'm certainly not a medical expert. Defining it is that I hope we see Cam Meredith back on the football field next year. And I'm not saying I'm not suggesting that he won't be. But it's just you know when you've dealt with major knee injuries now for this is like 16 months in a row. You, you know at some point you have to be honest with you know the, the the percentage. I just hope Cameron Meredith has a chance to revert to form. But, Matthew, you did not it have is, a chance yesterday. It is
3: worth noting the Bears did not re-sign him.
1: Yeah, they they yeah. they put an original round tender on him, which meant that if they were going to keep him, it was going to be for minimal money with very little risk. Yesterday was the Des Bryant news, which took place during the show. Uh, to give you the chance to kind of empty the vault here, Matthew, what was your reaction? I know I saw some of it on Twitter that maybe you are less interested, and I apologize if I missed it on the TV show as well. But nope. what might be your thoughts about the viability of adding Des Bryant right away? None. I,
3: I not I interested. People, you know, when I tweeted that out, and people uh, on Twitter were, you know, very a lot of Des truthers out there, which I I've, I'm stunned. I, which I'm stunned. Look, I mean, I, I, I mean just, that sarcastically. Look. He's going to be on the field with Drew Brees. Good things can happen, right? I mean, first ballot Hall of Famer, you know, guy who's playing at the top of his game still, you know, one of the most accurate quarterbacks in NFL history. I don't believe Dez Bryant has anything left based on what I saw last year. I think there's a reason Dallas didn't bring him back. I think there's a reason why he didn't have a job until week 10. So you think about, okay, so what does he do in this offense? So first off, just, um, just real quickly about the Saints, right? So they're fourth lowest in the NFL in terms of three or more wide receivers on the field, right? They run the 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 fourth least three wide wide receiver sets. They're the fifth highest run percentage in the NFL so far this season. They're 21st in red zone pass percentage. One of the arguments for Dez is like, oh, well, he'll win 50-50 balls. He'll be a great red zone target. And I don't disagree with that but you know Michael Thomas is getting his Alvin Kamara is so uh, so terrific. He's now basically competing with Ben Watson for that slot role cuz tra- Traquan Smith is going to be on the outside as well. So Michael Thomas who has a 28.9% target share seventh highest in the NFL. I don't see that coming down. I don't in a significant way here, right? I mean, the ar- the Dez argument has to be about touchdowns cuz it can't be about volume. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, like, it's, it's not a team that runs a lot of three wide receiver sets. It's not a team that throws a ton. Again, fifth highest run percentage in the NFL this year. Okay. He's going to play in the slot is the, is the expectation. I think, yeah. Well, yeah. That's the ex- Well, we don't know. I mean, this is, but the expectation is he plays in the slot. Okay. Under 12% of his career receptions come from the slot. This is not where he normally plays. So he's basically, he's trying to learn a new position with a new quarterback and a new offense on a runaway train. Because we're in the middle of the season, right? So he signs, you know the the um, the the Saints, okay? So just let's talk about fantasy for one second, right? So we're in week ten. You're not playing him this week, obviously. He's just signing today. He's officially signing today. Yep. You're certainly not starting him in week eleven. You need to see something first, right? I mean, I, you I can't could imi- start him in week eleven. If you, you could, well but, in week ten, you would start him in week eleven. But he's not. He's not going to play. He's if he's signing today, you think he, he plays play. Sunday? Uh, Sean Payne said he might play on Sunday. Yeah. Okay, then sure, sure. I guess you, if you saw something this week, I think it's unlikely. Right. Here's what, here's what I would say. I think the best case scenario, I think the best case scenario for Des Bryant is that he's the number three pass catcher after Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. I don't think anyone doubts that, right? Well, the number three pass catcher for the Saints over the last three seasons averages 11.8 fantasy points per game. That would be wide receiver 38 this season. Now, personally, I think Traquan Smith has more upside here. I think he's going to be competing with Ben Watson as well. I think he's probably somewhere between the fourth and fifth option on this offense here. And that's assuming he has something left, which I'm not convinced he does. And so could he catch three touchdowns between now and the end of the season? Sure. If you're on the field with Drew Brees, that can happen. But in terms of when that comes, in terms of consistent fantasy production, I think he's a much bigger name. Give me Traquan Smith for the rest of the season over Des Bryant all day, every day.
1: Sam Darnold was uh, playing okay. I know Jets fans are going to say, there's no way you think he's playing okay. He's been playing terrible. Well, I defy you to name one above average pass catcher that he has thrown the football to right now. The answer is there are very few of them. But now Sam Darnold is injured himself. Stephane. He was in a walking boot when the Jets opened up practice on Wednesday. What do we know there?
2: He was. Well, they're calling it a foot strain, which really doesn't mean much of anything. Yep. Um, it's very nonspecific. And uh, Donald spoke with reporters yesterday. He didn't have much to say about the injury. Couldn't really tell you exactly when it happened. Just said you get beat up and dinged up in the course of a game. And then um, it sounded like there was some persistent discomfort. And so he had it evaluated. Now he's going through, um, he called it protocol, but basically meaning like tr- evaluation, treatment whatever the medical staff tells him he needs to do. Now, the reports are that he is likely out this week. Um Todd Bowles not willing to commit to him being ruled out just yet, at least as of yesterday afternoon and evening. We'll see what happens today. But it sounds like you will not have Sam Darnold this week, and then the team goes on to buy. So this doesn't have the feeling of something serious. It sounds like it maybe could be a one-week injury, but you never know. Uh, foot problems can sometimes be more problematic than they initially appear. So it's something to be aware of.
1: The Jets don't have a single wide receiver in the top 50 in terms of points scored so far this season at the position. Ow. The highest one is Robbie Anderson, who is right around 60. Here are some of the players that have more fantasy points than the Jets' top wide receiver. Cortland Sutton, who was a backup until last week. Jakeem Grant, who some people may not even know which team he plays for. He plays for the. For the Dolphins, by the way, Jordan Nelson. Who's he had been, one big play, basically, right? But exactly, right. Jordan Nelson, who has not been good for the for the Raiders so far this year. Like, there are so many players that have had disappointing seasons. Mike Williams, who has eighteen total catches this year, has more fantasy points than any Jets wide receiver. The point I am trying to make, and I am sure it's obvious by now, is that the Jets don't have a wide receiver you are considering starting as it is in a non deep league in a sixteen team league. Yeah, it's possible that Quincy and or Robbie Anderson. Get started, and Josh Buchanan is a more than capable backup quarterback. He actually was very good for stretches of last season, but I don't know that there was. Vibe, a,
3: I believe he was a top eleven quarterback before. He, yeah, he was hurt. very
1: good for uh for much of fantasy football purposes, but I just don't think that there's any Jets wide receiver that you are rushing to fit into your lineup with this news. Even if the news had not occurred, even if it was still Sam Bradford in the lineup, this offense has really struggled. And as much as the Bills are a disaster offensively. They're a very good defense. The Jets and the Bills this weekend, which I think our Pal Greeny described as like the most, uh, the least desirable game in NFL history. <laughs> Now, he also noted he's, he's, he's not known it for hyperbole and <laughs> well, he said, I'll pull up the tweet because it was like, not only is it, you know, he says, I'm going to uh, let me just pull this up for accuracy's sake. Uh, the Jets without Darnold versus the Bills without Allen might be the list, least interesting game in NFL history. And yet I will watch every snap. I can't decide if I'm proud of that or ashamed. Uh, that's, of course, lifelong green uh Jets fan. Greeny there weighing in. So, yeah, I would just say this is the news of Sam Darnold is not encouraging because um he's the centerpiece of their franchise going forward. I don't know that it carries a ton of fantasy relevance for this week, especially with the likelihood as Stefania outlined. This is not a major injury. They have a bye in Week 11. We should see him in Week 12. Uh Darren Sproles was set to play, according to us, but... Don't shoot the messenger because that was according to Doug Peterson, who told us, meaning the general public.
2: I think that was legitimately what he thought.
1: Yes. Until yesterday. Not good news, Stefania, is Adam Schefter has reported a setback for Darren Sproles.
2: Yeah, injured his hamstring. So back to full practices, that was that was the hope, that was the anticipation. But Darren Sproles suffered a hamstring injury in practice, or a setback with his injured hamstring, I should say. And now, um, according to Adam Schefter... Uh, it does not look like he will play in Week Ten. I just want to point out there is a pattern here. Look at if we have seen it before. We ju- we we just uh, we're talking about it with Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, Darren Sproles. Yep. These hamstring injuries. It it is a, one of the biggest challenges for the medical staffs with with these players because you come back. You try to do more. The only way to test the health of your hamstring is to push it. They go out, they push it, then they have a setback, and all of a sudden the timeline that they've been hoping for is no longer viable. I also would point out Darren Sproul was coming off an ACL reconstruction last year, and we talked about how these soft tissue injuries are more prevalent when they're coming off this kind of surgery. I think that's the case here. I I feel really badly for him, Field, and I'll tell you why. Last year when he tore his ACL, you know he broke his forearm at the they same play. time. yeah. Same play, same time. So he last year might have been his last year, but then it ends like that. So he makes all this effort, does all this rehab, has multiple surgeries between his knee and his forearm to be able to come back, and then has a hamstring injury in week two in practice that's now kept him out all the way through week 10. And who knows how much further it goes. So I just feel for him because – Guys don't want to go out like that. They want to like finish on their terms and but he, just don't know what lies the, ahead for him.
1: What I will describe is the Herculean effort to come back this season right. after both of those injuries for one more shot. And I know that he was a part of the Eagles when they won the Super Bowl last year, but any player that was not on the field or not active for the game will tell you that it's different. You feel bad for Darren Sproles, one of the great players to watch. Uh For the past decade plus, I know this sounds – I mean, it's not – it's bad news, right? Like No one wants to see Darren Sproles uh, suffer a setback. For fantasy purposes and for the purposes of Wendell Smallwood, I think he actually stands to benefit the most here because with Darren Sproles' return to this Eagles backfield, you went from a crowded three-man roulette to a much more crowded four-man roulette. Uh, Wendell Smallwood has seemingly kind of broken off a little bit from Corey Clement over the past couple of weeks with some Josh Adams mixed in. We had a thoughtful conversation about Smallwood's value yesterday, and I think that Smallwood sees his, um, see the confidence in Smallwood as a low-end flex play, um, especially in deeper leagues, I would say rises with this news, Matthew, as opposed to having to sort through four separate backs that could all play on Sunday.
3: Yeah, I suppose so. I I mean, I ranked Wendell Smallwood 36th this week. He was my highest-ranked right, yeah. Eagles running back. Did that change I mean, it all
1: with the Sproles news, or is that about where you had him prior
3: no, to and I, after? I mean, so... The only running backs that have run for more than 62 yards against the Cowboys this season had at least 24 carries. He's not getting that. Yeah, like it's a it's a it's a three headed running back by committee on a pass first team Mm. against a Cowboys team that's 13th against the run over the last four weeks. And I know Deion Lewis had a nice game on Monday night against them, and they're traveling on a short week, so I get it. And could you see Wendell Smallwood get into the end zone because he's on the field during? That package when they're in the red zone, sure, you know, in that drive seems like they've been switching off drives. Sure, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Josh Adams uh, after, you know, sort of his usage before the bye. But I, I, to me, any Eagles running back is a desperation play and nothing more than that. Because again, th- that offense is pass first and there's it's a three-headed monster and it's not a great matchup.
1: Yeah, not a great matchup. We'll
3: see whether or not Wendell
1: Smallwood uh seizes that job anymore, but you're probably right that this is a timeshare and it will remain a timeshare and if Darren Sproles returns in a week or two then it becomes even more of a timeshare. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got news yesterday Stefania, and I'm not like we'll, we'll get into the fantasy relevance afterwards, but this is more sort of like the general wellness of football uh, interest here first. The Dolphins were fined as an organization $30,000 and Adam Gase was fined $15,000, but could you get into the specifics of why they were find and it all ties back to that Ryan Tannehill injury situation
2: right and it's the injury reporting and and I get asked about this a lot you know why why did they do it why did they care and and the NFL made a decision to have these injury reports because they wanted to make sure that this information is universally distributed at the same time so that there would not be people trying to seek other means of finding out who was injured etc and the problem for the nfl when they did this investigation because it was goes back to you mentioned ryan Tannehill when he did not play in in mid-october i think it it was week six uh was that on thursday of that week ryan Tannehill had been listed as a full participant in practice Mm
4: -hmm.
2: on friday he was limited in practice then questionable and i'll explain to you why this was a problem on thursday it turns out Brock Osweiler took some first-team reps, so Ryan Tannehill did not, in fact, take full repetitions. He should have been listed as limited. Had he been listed as limited, the media who covers the team would have had a chance to ask Coach Adam Gase about Tannehill's status on Friday. Since he was listed as full, there was nothing to ask. And on Friday... When they spoke with Adam Gase, it was before Friday's injury report, which listed Tannehill has limited and deemed him questionable for Sunday. It was before that report came out. So no one got a chance to ask anything. And that was the big mystery. And as you recall on that Sunday morning, everybody was like, where did this come from? There was all this buzz. There was this chatter. Um, there was concern about whether Tannehill would play. And I think, you know, to be fair to the Dolphins on one side and and why the fine focuses on the injury report, if a player is questionable, they're, even if they say, well, we wanted him to come in and warm up, even if they thought he might not play, there's still an opportunity to bring that player in on Sunday and have him get a chance to show, yeah, I'm healthy enough to go, even if they think he might not. Yep. But the one thing they can't do is definitively, when there's zero question about who's taking reps, to list that incorrectly. So that... For your explanation is why the fine uh, was listed there. And let me tell you, I talked to some people, different teams around the league. Every team pays attention when one team gets fined. And what you see is very diligent injury reporting in the subsequent weeks. Very diligent. player 74 doesn't take players one from the Packers grab. are injured And this all week, of right? a sudden, yeah. and I did see that. I saw a little bump in some of the, you know, everybody's being really careful. And I think it's a good reminder. It's like, just list them as they're supposed to be listed.
1: Right. And we don't know when Ryan Tannehill will return. But for now, like, I don't think anybody's making plans for Ryan Tannehill in fantasy football. And I think it's fair to say we haven't seen any tangible impact with Tannehill on the field versus Brock Osweiler. It feels like it's sort of state status quo.
2: I do want to talk a little bit about his injury because that just came out as well, that Adam Gase revealed he was dealing with a capsular injury. And people are like, hmm, what's that? Um, First, I would direct you, if you want a lot more detail, Cameron Wolfe, who covers the Dolphins for us, um, I actually t- spoke with him and he did an article that just posted on ESPN.com this morning talking about the specifics of the injury and what it means for Tannehill going forward. But the bottom line is the capsule, is fibrous tissue around the shoulder joint. Tannehill got hit when his arm was backwards when he was going into his throwing motion. It's one of the most vulnerable times for a quarterback in terms of their shoulder. Right. And you've seen people dislocate this way. You can get soft tissue trauma. So it's a soft tissue injury. The problem is that if there's a tear in the capsule, you just don't know how well it's going to heal. It has a chance to heal. But if it continues to be painful, makes throwing difficult, he can't throw effectively or accurately, then he can't play the position. And as of right now, Tannehill is reportedly throwing inside with the medical staff. But no one has seen him throw. He spoke with reporters for the first time yesterday since the injury and talked about the fact that he was still having pain, discomfort. He knows it's going to be painful all year. But they are targeting a week 12 return for him. And I would say yesterday, he, they noted that he would could, was only, uh, was not able to do as much as they hoped. So already a little bit of a setback. I'm really skeptical on that week 12 return.
1: I'm just going to quickly pull up some of the Dolphins pass catchers and how things have fared game log wise. And just note that again, no, Albert Wilson obviously on injured reserve. But Danny Amendola has actually seen an uptick in overall production, right? He's, been better with Brock Osweiler under center. Now maybe that's just more of him getting integrated and having to play more into this offense, but 13.9, 20.4, 14.4, 9.7 points in the four games that Brock Osweiler has started. Kenny Stills has obviously been banged up, so it's hard to gather too much off of this, but you know, he's been pretty quiet, I would say, as a whole this season. So my point is really this is that it's an important story from the NFL general wellness standpoint, but not a ton of fantasy impact with either player uh, under Central. You know where it's I think Ross? it'll be
2: important, though, is at the end of this year, Ryan Tannehill, who had his ACL reconstructed, so he didn't play last year. Yeah. You know, he was hurt at the they end of the year before, didn't play last year. Now this, I, I'm, I'm sure internally he's putting some pressure on himself to get back. He wants to get back. But if you're a thrower and that's how you're evaluated, if you come back and perform poorly, that doesn't help you either. If you don't come back, then people are like, hey, here's a guy who hasn't been able to play for the better part of two years. It's it's definitely a tough situation. And I'm sure we'll be talking about it at the end of the year.
1: I have only 15 seconds to tell you about sport clips, haircuts, sports on TV, original (laughs) MVP haircut experience and online check-in means you don't have to think about where to get your haircut ever again. Claim your spot today at sportclips.com slash check-in. Easy breezy right there. Time now for a game preview. Game preview. preview. All right, Thursday Night Football. football. This is one of the better Thursday Night games we have all season. The Panthers travel to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. And it's weird. um, I shouldn't say it's weird, but I would just come out and say it. Teams that, generally speaking, we don't have a lot of questions with when it comes to setting our fantasy lineups. That's right. Cam Newton, right inside that top five, as he is Having every single great league. year. Yeah, I mean, you could make the, as, as Kyle year. posits in a question, or maybe it was Daniel who thought of this, but, like, could you make the argument as him as the quarterback one for the rest of the year? I don't mean, like, a quarterback one, as in, like, the top fantasy quarterback for the rest of the year. To me, off the top of my head, given that there are teams that have yet to play on a bye, like, because Patrick Mahomes is a bye and you have one less week of utility, you could make the case that Cam would be your top choice for the rest of the season. Look at Cam's upcoming schedule. It's great. It's so good. At Pittsburgh, at Detroit, Seattle at home, but then it gets really juicy. Tampa Bay, (laughs) in Tampa Bay, at Cleveland, home to New Orleans, home to Atlanta, at New Orleans. That fantasy playoff is
3: money in the bank. Cam's going to win a lot of people their leagues this year.
1: Yeah, I think so as well. That last four games, which will be the default weeks in ESPN playoffs. Again, at Tampa Bay, at Cleveland, against New Orleans. At Atlanta, I'm sorry, home to Atlanta at New Orleans. So so I made it, I said, five weeks. Five great weeks right there for Cam Newton coming up. Christian McCaffrey also deserves to be in your set it and forget it category every single week. The only thing that I will note is the Steelers have been one of the best defenses in terms of containing opposing running backs in fantasy football so far this season. As a matter of fact, as I pull up the page that I am looking for right now... Uh, the Steelers rank. And you may have well, to be the- more recent, but uh, for the full season, the Steelers have allowed just 17 points per game to opposing running backs, second to only the Chicago Bears. Any concerns at all for Christian McCaffrey tonight? Not to draw, not to move him out of the lineup, but are you like, if you get 12 points tonight from Christian McCaffrey or 15, are you going to say, you know, something? I'm okay with it.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he's so versatile, and they use him in such a variety of ways that i don't I think he's sort of match up proof, but the Steelers are the number one run defense over the last four weeks I mean you know and and, and you know to your point, right I mean, they're allowing under eighty nine rushing yards per game so far this season. they're allowing opponents to complete under seventy percent of passes when targeting running backs fifth lowest in the n f l They're allowing just twenty four receiving yards to running backs per game that's second lowest, so they have played well against pass catching running backs they've played well against the run recently. And so it seems like the Steelers defense, which once losing Ryan Shazier last year, seemed to kind of lose its footing, if you will, for a little while, seems to have found itself again. Yeah. And, And you've got a team traveling on a short week here in Carolina. Okay. Yeah. Good enough by me. All that said, you're starting Cam. You're starting Christian McCaffrey. You're starting Greg Olson. You Don't get sure cute.
1: Are. Don't get cute with any of your Panthers, but we do have with any of your normal starters amongst the Panthers. But we do want to bring aboard this week's IBM Insight of the Week featuring Devin Funches. And as always, read by our guy, the Hustle Hamster, Mr. Kowstopp. What do you got, Kyle?
3: No, let's, hang on. We're not doing Hustle Hamster, right? I thought we, I thought <laughs> we banned Kyle. that. Kyle. Thirsty I Kyle. I like Hamster because
1: I think it's got a more positive vibe to it. Well, hang on. Thirsty
3: Kyle. have that? Kyle, you, let me ask you this question directly. Sure. Do you think which do you prefer? I'm good with either. I
4: was originally pushing for the hustle hamster. I kinda of, but then he spelled hamster wrong on that submission and that kinda of turned off Stefan. How does someone name. spell
1: hamster wrong. I'm yeah, I like, know, I'm like, like really curious this, like, what the S-C-I-R
4: spelling was at the was N, that? like or Two M's. Drink? I think yeah, I think it had a P in it.
1: Oh, hamster. Okay, got uh, it. Okay. Got it. Maybe. Either way,
4: I'm good with either nickname. <laughs> I'll respond to both. But Devin Funches is the IBM. Insight of the week. He's got a 24.2% chance to boom tonight, which would mean over 17 and a half points, that's more than he scored over the last two games combined, but he also comes with a 13.3% chance to bust, which would mean under 4.7 points and basically be useless. You guys rolling the dice on him tonight? I I I am
1: rolling the the, the boom dice on that yeah. one. I don't I 4.7 points for a that bust. That seems Feels too, it feels yeah. like disrespect to our guy, Devin Funches, you know? Um, Funches is, yes, we understand he has had, uh, some, he's been Jekyll and Hyde this year, right? Four True. single digit performances already this season in just eight games, uh, a career low, career low 12.4 yards per catch, but he's still the number one wide receiver in this offense and the only one in this offense right now that has a steady role week to week amongst the wide receivers.
3: Well, he's got a 21.9% target share, Yep, 21st among wide receivers. I rank him 21st this week field. Think about the Steelers that allow the fifth most deep completions per game this season. That's been one of the places where they're vulnerable is the deep ball. And so Funches, who since Torrey Smith has been out, leads the Panthers in air yards per target. So I think they'll take a couple of deep shots. His target share has certainly gone down with Greg Olson out. And, you know, one of the calling cards that he had coming into the season was, his sort of red zone prowess. He's a big guy. Uh, and so with, with the way they've, the way Cam's been playing, the way they use McCaffrey, the way they use Olsen, that's certainly come down somewhat. But again, certainly depends on, on your options. But I ranked him 21, so I have him as a borderline wide receiver two tonight.
1: You know, the Panthers have a lot of young playmakers on their offense. DJ Moore and Curtis Sam are the two most exciting ones that are not Devin Funchess, Greg Olson, or Christian McCaffrey. And one of the real revelations of this season has been the creativity employed uh, by North Turner, his son mm-hmm. Scott Turner, the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, who are yep. doing a great job. What many thought was sort of an arranged marriage that was going to be one that would quickly end uh, between Cam and – it was just an odd fit between Cam Newton and, and, and the Turners. It's been anything but that. They have been terrific for each other. That I've, being said, they,
3: they I, have – I don't – there is no, – there's not an award – to the best of my knowledge, for coordinator of the year, mm. but if there were, Norv Turner would have to be on the short list.
1: Sure, he's been really, really good this year, and it's been just really fun to watch because I, you know, Cam's one of the most uniquely gifted athletes any sport of my lifetime. I truly believe that he's just he's just physically in the one percent, right? Um, but the point I was getting to is they have so many Panthers. I don't call them. They're, they complimentary. I was going to say, mm-hmm. they're not answer They're complimentary pieces that none of them have quite carved out that fantasy consistent role. But I think tonight would be a good opportunity for people that aren't familiar with Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore and others on the NFL level to see them all in action. My one hope is like, don't vulture Christian McCaffrey with yeah. Alex Arma, who was a defensive end oh, in college. Oh my God. We can all agree on
3: that much. Uh, let's take a quick Cost break. Cost me a game last week.
1: That vulture. You don't sound salty about it. No. We're going to come right back after this.
0: All right, guys. And now it is time for another edition of the ZipRecruiter's Smartest Fan of the Week. This is
1: Kevin, ZipRecruiter's smartest fan of the week. And if you guys are ever in San Diego and looking for a co-host to bring your mediocre fantasy advice down to flat-out, awful,
0: unusable
4: advice, hit me up. Now, back to the show.
3: Hired. <laughs> You're hired. Thank you for that.
2: Well, mostly because we're talking about San Diego. Yeah. Like, do we get to go there?
1: We can go there. Yeah, okay. Um, there's really no perfect way to segue to this other than to note that we're playing with heavy hearts today during the podcast. Uh, if you watch fantasy mm-hmm. football now or Sports Center or NFL Live, First Take, Goal Golden Mingo, you name it, a lot of programming in ESPN, um, you have seen the work. You may not have known it was his work, but Carlos Mejia, who was a director at ESPN, uh, who's been with the company for quite some time, joined the studio directing team nearly a decade ago in 2009, died suddenly on Tuesday night uh good friend he worked I mean we were talking about someone uh, that we worked
3: with days before he, he's worked on the fantasy show he he directed pretty much every episode of fantasy bowl now for each of the last 2 years mm-hmm. and and many before that but he was, he was our primary director for the last two years on Fantasy Football Now. A great man who did
1: unbelievable work here with us all over the company, the ESPN, but far more importantly... And so kind. Very kind. Just yes. a
2: kind person. Oh, what, what a great picture you're great seeing picture of him now. There. Carlos smiling. And
1: yeah. uh, more importantly, a loving father and husband um, mm-hmm. survived by his wife, Diana, and Carlos, his son, and Isabel, his daughter. Just crushing news. Um the fragility of life is all too often oh, reminded nice to us. Oh, nice family picture for you but all to see. The beautiful Mahia family is there, and um, our thoughts go out.
2: Thoughts to go to his the family, wife, and I mean, kids.
3: He's forty years old, two kids under the age of ten. Yeah, like I don't know what you do that. I mean, it's just it's awful. It's it's awful for anyone, and it's awful for somebody that we uh we cherished quite a bit, and that uh we worked with, and that uh and that we loved, and. Um, Sometimes life sucks. We'll see on the other side, Carlos. But know that we're
1: thinking about him, honoring his family, praying for his family, and anybody who in any way was touched by Carlos. Just um, and many of you were even salt he of the didn't earth. You it. may not ever realize it. That's yeah. right, Stefania. His reach was much more than people may have noticed. But um, he's been remembered fondly over the past couple of days, and I know that that will not stop at any time soon. So we wanted to make sure that we sent our love to his family and uh, share a little bit about the Carlos experience that we got to have in our lives. We're grateful to have had him be a part of our life and be a small part of his life as well. Rest in peace. Um, really no easy way to spin right back into it, but to discuss the Thursday night football game, we have the Steelers who are hosting this game as well. Ben Roethlisberger, we had a conversation with Mike and Stefania earlier on this week. Uh, Mike and Stefania were more on the side of consider benching Ben. Matthew and I were more on the side of considering him as a strong play this week at home.
3: Really, they—they—that's okay. well, surprisingly. The rank. uh, yeah, yeah. We, we
2: had the conversation. so okay. I'm not going to revisit it. But um, I part of it is just that there's a tier at the top that's mm-hmm. really tough to decide between, you know, and and there are. A number of good choices, and would I fault anyone for starting Roethlisberger? Absolutely not. So but about- there he's, are he's, other people I prefer.
3: I'll just say this: he's he's on the love list. The love hate uh, love hate column will come out later today. Yep, he made the love list. Look, here's a guy that's averaging a league high 43 pass attempts per game. Okay, right? yep. I mean he's you just sort of do the math here. Literally, no one throws the ball more times per game this year than Ben Roethlisberger. Panthers allow a touchdown on 5.7 percent of pass attempts this season fifth highest so guy that passes the most in the nfl facing a defense that gives up the fifth most touchdowns per pass attempt this game is at home the panthers are the second least least efficient red zone defense here and then you just sort of think about how they match up and i think this is a night i think juju has a nice game tonight we'll get to him in a second i'm sure but you know obviously you've got you've got antonio Brown, you've got james Conner, you've got all their stars but Traveling defenses traveling on a short week are tough, and uh I don't think the Panthers are a particularly great defense. I think I, I think they've been winning thanks to Cam, honestly, in the offense, and their defense has sort of hung in there. So Ben Roethlisberger, who has been nothing short of terrific this year, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, you know, he 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 really has. So uh, you know, anyway, I have big Bennett as QB six. Again, he makes the love list, which means his pro- ESPN projection is 18.8, it means I am saying that I believe he meets or exceeds 18.8 fantasy points tonight. Yeah, in the uh, QB
1: stats, and this takes into the entire season, so a team can certainly get better or regress throughout the course of the year, but for the entire 2018 season, the Panthers have added a half point to a quarterback's average number of points scored uh so far, or they're a half point above the NFL average, I should say. So, uh Ben Roethlisberger makes Matthews love. We'll find out tomorrow, well, we'll find out tonight, I should say, just how that one ends up playing out. James Conner, we have inside of our top five. Antonio Brown, we have inside of our top five. I'm not really sure there's anything to belabor here with both of these players. Uh, James Conner has been unbelievable. He has the highest percentage of his team's carries this year. 79 plus percent of the Steelers carries this year have gone to James Conner. When they run it, you knew who they are running it with. Matthew, you just mentioned though, Juju Smith Schuster, like.
3: The m- only thing I'll say here is if, and I don't know, did you guys talk about, um, on yesterday on the show? A little bit, but we have sort of gotten to the point where we've decided that
1: like better to react when something happens right. than to tell you lead you down a wrong path by saying, Yeah, like now's the time to and obviously this no one's do doing that this now, or whatever. Be right. had some people that have sort of unearthed trade offers they would have made for James Conner or would have
3: gotten James Conner in three months or two months ago right. when obviously things are a lot different. I mean it's 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 been a uh it's been a story that has changed consistently. The reporting has been, um, all over the place, yep. right? I mean, um, uh, from, I mean, you know, and listen, starting with Le'Veon Bell himself who, you know, tweeted very publicly that he would be there for opening week and, um, during the summer and the, you know, the agent has changed his tune in terms of what he said and, you know, in terms of what Le'Veon Bell has said to Jeremy Fowler on the record. And so it's a little bit all over the place. All that said, uh, we did this thing on the fantasy show on ESPN Plus. You can check it out, and we also shared it socially. But uh, through the first eight games of the year, James Conner is better than anything Le'Veon Bell has ever done through eight games of the first eight games of any season Le'Veon Bell has played in. Yeah, you know, more touchdowns, more yards, more more missed tackles. Like, pick a stat. Like, I don't know. Forget. Everything other than just pure football. If you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, how do you go to a guy that candidly is probably an inferior option at the moment? How does a guy lose his job? <laughs> Again, I, I, Right. I mean, we're, de- we're dealing well, with emotions know. and we're dealing <laughs> yeah, with people and all that kind of stuff. All I'm just going to say is, is that, uh, James Conner was, is the, you know, is the draft pick of the year. Right. So again, I, yeah,
1: we, I don't think any. we don't have enough information or clarity, which Correct. is why we're just like, you know something, rather than tell you how they're I'm going, just, how they could do it or why they would do it.
3: It's merely an we're opinion. We're just backing off. I'm team. just giving an opinion. That's yeah. all I'm doing.
1: Good opinion there. Uh Juju Smith-Schuster also makes the love list this week. He's inside all of our top tens uh, against the Carolina Panthers. Anything you want to add to the Juju narrative other than just you're starting him?
3: Yeah, you're starting him. Okay. Bravo on that. Thank you. The Steelers very much. are fine. I mean, I can give no, you want no, stats. I know, I got no, I don't, stats. I
1: was saying we don't need to belabor it when Juju pushes through Honestly,
3: like. Seven catches for
1: 78 yards this past, I, or 72 yards this past
3: the week. The one thing I'll say about Juju that I think is surprising to people leads the NFL in red zone targets among wide receivers. Pretty impressive. I don't think people, I don't think people realize that. And so I know it's been a little bit quiet after that hot start, but. Uh, I do like him tonight. Yeah, he's just been awesome throughout much of the year, even with a couple of less than
1: stellar games. Juju, still a must start. The Steelers are four and a half point favorites in this game tonight. They're playing at home. Pickskin, pick 'em time. The red hot hand of me says <laughs> the Steelers winning cover.
2: Wait, didn't we have the same amount of wins last week? Uh, I edged
1: you out by one. Oh. I think Monday Night Football was what gave me the edge there. So. Eleven to ten.
2: That's all right. Yeah, I won the livery. That's right. Um, I will take the
1: Panthers. Okay, Stefania says the Panthers cover. Matthew, what do you got? I got the Steelers covering.
0: And how I, about you, I'm Daniel? Taking the Steelers. Here. I am also taking James Conner and the Steelers. There you have it, Stefania, the Livery
1: champion. Your time again. Tell us about twenty-three and Me.
2: That's right, because it was so good yesterday. It I was, was going to really repeat good. it for Get you. Get theatrical, today. please. That's right. No, no, no. That's you did that. And okay. it lost you. That's true. so. I'm just going to give people the information that they need. 23andMe is a DNA testing service that can offer insights into your ancestry, health, wellness, and traits. The 23andMe Health and Ancestry service includes reports on how your DNA can influence your weight, sleep quality, caffeine intake, sense of taste, whether you're likely to be lactose intolerant, like my clay, and more. It's easy to do. You simply spit into the tube provided in your 23andMe kit and mail your saliva sample back to the lab to be analyzed. You get sleep reports where the deep sleep report tells you if you are more likely to be an especially deep sleeper. And the sleep movement report tells you how much you're likely to move during your sleep based on your DNA. The saturated fat and weight report tells you based on your genetics, how your weight might be affected by saturated fats in your diet and offers tips on which foods to watch out for if you're trying to eat less saturated fat. The lactose intolerance report sheds insights into how your genetics may affect your ability to digest dairy products, Order your 23andMe health and ancestry service kit at 23andMe.com slash FFF. That's the number 2323andMe.com slash
1: FFF. Bravo, Stefania. You always nail it. Daniel, what do you got?
0: Yeah, I got to jump in here real quick. Okay, do it. I didn't tell you guys about this in the pre-show meeting, but I got an email that I thought that I would read to you guys. Okay, please oh. do. <clears throat> Dear Matthew Field, Stefania, and Secret Squirrel, it is that time of the year again ellipses the time oh, no. to continue Christian decoration uh, yes dot 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 uh the time to continue our annual tradition of writing 80s style theme songs for the various members of our favorite
4: podcast oh, yes! kid and chip!
0: this year's edition is all about kyle soppy
4: yes oh! he's proven to be
0: an invaluable member of the oh six oh Ono, and we're extremely grateful for the work he puts in to help make the show the informative zany experience that it is there were a lot of ways to go with this theme, but in the end we picked a song about three young ducks and one very old contractually obligated duck. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> no, does not yes, at all. Yes, I, I wonder yeah. who I wonder who's who. Anyway, a big congrats to Kyle on his engagement and thanks as always to the 060 for the humoring and uh, for humoring our nonsense without further ado, please enjoy this aptly titled song, Thirsty Kyle.
3: Turning
2: Uh, It's just uh, brilliant.
3: Brilliant. That literally might be the best one. That literally (laughs) might be the best one. uh, So it's obviously, it's, uh, uh, inspired by Square Pegs, I would say. Inspired
1: by Square Pegs. Oh my Um, god. It reminds me of, it just, every time I hear one, it reminds me of Zoolander when they do the old montages from like 80s music. It's so good. They're way too talented to be hanging out with us. Oh my
3: gosh. I know. Kip and Chip are... Kip and Chip. Kit, Kit and, and chip. chip. Sorry, what did mm-hmm. I say? Kip? Kip. Kit. Yeah. Kit. Kit and Chip. That's what I meant to say. Sorry. And we met them in D.C.
1: and they were great. They were as great. awesome That's as Super show. nice guys. They talented, yeah.
3: Super nice guys. Where can, hey, uh, they have, like, Secret like a Squirrel? Yeah, where's their Twitter? Yeah. Where can people, what's like their website or something link? Link? like that or something? Do they, they have, have like a SoundCloud? Like <laughs> stuff? Yeah.
0: That's a great question. We'll uh, find out. I'll tell you what. I'll pull it up because I follow both of them here on the old Twitter machine. While I'm doing that, why don't we do a quick rapid-fire Twitter questions with not cool keith and i will inform everyone at the end of the show where they can find out more about kit and chip all
3: right let's do it keith what do you got here for us who is hey. is not cool is not cool keith the person who gets the next song <laughs> Or, well, I don't I, think I deserve one of those. Twitter poll. No, I, I agree, um, I poll. agree, but yeah. I'm just curious <laughs> if like at
4: some point you run out of people to give songs to. Well yes, like that, that, don't you think? At that point then yes, because I think everyone else has one, right? Morocco Mole Gabe's gonna get a song. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, one. One. What about, yeah, I mean Tarika, Tarika, Tarika get a song. Tarika, we <laughs> could
1: definitely do some like some sort of rendition yeah.
3: of In My Feelings.
2: Right.
1: Sure. I wouldn't put it past
3: him. Or, or just, you know, second songs for all of us. That I mean, yes. like that would so be that very insulting. They might mix. They, that they might go insulting. to
0: Carabelle and Cockcroft before oh, they get oh, to uh Bill Cuomo still hasn't had a theme one oh, yeah. yet, or no? Yeah, no. Bill's got Bill's got a theme song, so okay. we're good with that. Okay. Yeah, maybe no Mina nine. Kimes actually. Oh, Mina Kimes, yeah, yeah. True, she yeah. deserves one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. got it. Um, um
3: sure. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised, uh, yet they haven't, eh, well, Never mind. I'm going to go into a whole thing. Never mind. I just <laughs> go ahead. I'm just going to be transitioning
4: quiet. smoothly Yeah. to Twitter. Um,
3: Mr. Banks, Mr.
4: M. Banks wants to know what's up with Stefania with the sleeves? Is it cold in the studio? <laughs> oh, yeah. Wow. Everyone wants the gun show.
2: No, it actually, technically there's, it's sleeveless, but it's really, it's really sleeveless. So we're wearing a
1: sweater. It's over. a nice cardigan as it's well.
2: A, well, it's meant um, to be worn. This is meant to be worn under something. You know, it's like go from office to evening.
3: Right, yes. office, and then Stefania takes it, Evening, takes that evenings uh, the, later. The sweater off. Yeah. Stefania's got plans tonight, people. that's By the way,
2: me. when yeah. you were here yesterday, one of the the Zip recruiter fan of the week who won when, when they were talking is karaoke and 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 band. They brought up Spice Girls and Beth Barry was going to be an honorary member along with me, and do the uh, and yeah. I, I can't recall Matthew. the exact language, but that's who won Fan of the Week, because they brought Beth into the karaoke and doing Spice Girls.
3: It's happening, Maddie. It was that excellent. Uh, it's, what is it, uh, well, can you name a Spice Girls song? Can I name a
1: Spice Girls yeah. song? Um uh, I can pro- just give me a second, I can think of some of the lyrics right now, like, uh- um, want Wannabe their, be, if you yes, want to be, yeah. be my lover, if you want to be my lover, right? Uh, wannabe is a big hit.
2: That's the big one,
1: yeah. Uh, dang.
2: Tell it. It. What, what I, what, I, want, what what I, I want, really want, but I what I really really want. What I really, really want. Tell Tell yeah, really want. Yeah, exactly.
1: Is that Wannabe? I yeah. believe that's Wannabe. Yes, yeah. I All
2: right. be my lover. Yep. Never mind. So there you go. Just keep going if you want. you ask a question about my sleeves, and it goes way down the Spice Girls.
4: What do you got, Keith? All right, we'll go. We'll go to football here. Uh Daniel Z wants to know: Kenny Galladay or MVS? For the rest of the season. Kenny Galladay. MVS. Oh. That surprised me, Matthew.
3: Yeah. Tricky it, for me, but it, I'd
2: probably go with Galladay as much I, as I am liking MVS. Yeah.
3: I will. May I tell you why? Sure. Um, Look, first off, look at the Detroit schedule. It is absolutely brutal. Okay. So they're at Chicago this week. Then home to Carolina. Then they play Chicago again. Then the Rams. Then at Arizona at Buffalo, home to Minnesota in week sixteen. Like maybe the Rams Rams, Arizona, and maybe Carolina. Like there's only three good matchups the rest of the way. Like Chicago twice, Minnesota, Buffalo. It's an offense that looks broken to me. Uh Matthew Stafford looks broken to me. I have Matthew Stafford in the War Room League, guys, and I am desperately been I've spent all week trying to get a better quarterback in a 16 team league where Matthew Stafford should be a viable quarterback in a 16 team league. You want Tom and Brady? I huh? You want a Tom Brady? We can talk. <laughs> um because even though Tom Brady's been very disappointing this year, he's better than Matthew Stafford. Sure is, yeah. Um and uh <laughs> so yeah, I would trade for Tom Brady. The next question is about uh, Anyway, Eddie's so Stafford. I just I I just I think it's a broken offense. I, Secret Squirrel, you you should weigh in on this one. It's a broken offense. <laughs> No, no, but, I mean, do you, Marquise, well, with with now that we know that Geronimo Allison is out for the year.
0: Yes. I still would take, personally, I would take Kenny Galladay because I think there's more upside with Kenny Galladay than there would be with Marquez valdez Cantley. I think that you wanted, we wanted to see so much change in a single week after Golden Tate is gone, and it takes more than one week to be able to get fully immersed into an offense, and I... He, I still he hasn't think,
3: had double digit fantasy points since week five.
0: I totally hear you. I yeah. hear that. And I think they've got to get
3: him more involved and I think that they know that. But the question isn't his talent. No. The question is mm-hmm. not his talent. It's the usage, it's that offense, it's the schedule Give me the guy that's got Aaron Rodgers throwing to him with a good schedule, than the guy that's got Matthew Stafford going against a bunch of tough defenses with an offense that is struggling. Aaron Rodgers without golden is tape. a
0: scrub that can't get no love from me. What
1: are you <laughs> thinking about a board bet surrounded by or based around Kenny Galladay and Marcus Valdez? Scantling.
3: Sure, if you want to, I don't feel strongly about this. I'm just I'm responding to a Twitter question. I okay, mean, I don't you feel, have to do it. Then. don't do it. Yeah. I, I don't feel strongly about it, but I. My question is who? The question from the Twitter was who would I rather have the rest of the season? I think I'd rather have Marquez valdes Link I'm happy to do a board, but if you want, but I don't. I don't feel strongly about it. I love Kenny Galladay as a player. We'll pass. Absolutely love him. We'll I pass. Just him. more Twitter I, questions. It's, it's more about Stafford and the Detroit offense. More and that schedule. More Twitter. Well, we got one about Stafford here from
4: Kong. He wants to know Matthew Stafford or Andy Dalton for the rest of the season. Andy Dalton. Probably Andy Dalton. Mm, yeah. Dalton. Even without AJ Green, yeah, Andy just Dalton. Just
2: after what I saw last week.
4: Yep, yep. I'm with yeah. him there. Uh, let's see here. This is a uh, well. I, I'm skipping. I'm skipping that one. I'm sorry. I I don't believe that one. Jared Andre wants to know: Do you see Deontay Foreman having a meaningful role with the Texans when he comes back? Stefania,
2: that's interesting. I don't. I don't think right away. Yeah, you know, think so, I right. think this is. You're coming off a major, major injury. I think it's more not as much about him having a valuable role for you to use in fantasy as it is potentially taking away a little bit more from Lamar Miller.
1: That's where I'm at as well. And keep in mind, we're all fixated on the idea of what it means for like, you know, weeks 11 through 13, getting you to the fantasy football playoffs. The, the That's Titans, not it. Texas want to play until January, you right, know, like, right, or, right. they want to play till February, but you know, they're in so this
4: playoff mix. Get him real. a
2: little bit of exposure on the field with the yep. goal of it being more, him being more involved later on.
4: Yep. Can Latavius Murray still hold flex value with Dalvin cook looking good? That's from Jonathan O. I think out of the buy, yes, for a week or yes. two,
1: wouldn't be surprised.
2: I would. I there's no way I'm getting rid of him. Yeah, because I agree. there's no. I agree with that. We haven't yeah. seen a full Dalvin Cook yet, so whether you start him or not, you know, I think I, I'm with Field. Another week of, um, you know, maybe another week or so of where I'd put him in a flex, and I'd feel okay about it. And I just kind of want to see
3: what they do. Yeah, I, I, you know, the question is, does he still hold flex value? And while I agree with Stefania, I would not get rid of him uh because he's too valuable and because of i can't imagine i mean i think he's going to be touchdown dependent the only way he pays off as a flex if dalvin cook is healthy is if he falls into the end zone so that's what I mean, he becomes attached he comes becomes a touchdown dependent flex and it really became, depends on who the size of your league and if you who else you have
4: asad merchant wants to know if carson sits where does mike davis rise in your ranks top 15 running back for mm-hmm. me I, I think rate. Chris Carson might sit this weekend.
2: Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I, so I I'd I'd just be uh, I I'd be thinking Mike Davis. I yeah. got I might move him up. I think I was sort of wishy-washy in the initial ranks cuz I didn't really know where we'd sit.
4: Yep.
3: But top 15 play and that might be conservative. Yeah. Okay. I I would agree with that. I mean, yep. I I ranked Carson at 21 this week partially because I didn't think he would get a full workload here, but if you knew Carson was out, I mean, and I ranked I, you know, I ranked Mike Davis in the 30s here, so I I would
2: think Seattle would be a little gun-shy about putting Chris Carson back out after he tried to play and then had to leave.
4: Okay, Dominic wants to know, Tariq Cohen or Alshon Jeffrey at the Flex this week? I'd go with Alshon Mm -hmm. Jeffrey. Flex, I'm assuming it's PPR leagues. I lean towards wide receivers.
0: Fair. Devanya?
2: I Um, agree. Who do the Bears play again? I'm having a brain lapse.
0: The Bears play... This week? Yeah. yeah. Bears play uh, the Detroit Lions. Oh.
2: Hmm. Revenge game. For <laughs> I don't know who. <laughs> Although, you know, it's interesting. They may have Alan Robinson back. I'm not really sure how they're going to attack this game. Um, yeah, I'd probably go with Jeffrey. Okay. But I, I, to me, it's it's a hard question to answer. I like Tariq
4: yeah, going Good there. questions here. All right. Uh, good question Jim. there. One more to wrap it up? Sure. We'll give one more here. Um how about this? It's a defensive question. People in the chat were saying that no, we don't talk a lot about defense, so we'll ask a defense question here. Choose one of these defenses for this weekend: Colts, Bills, or Eagles. All right, just a reminder: the Bills are playing the Jets with Josh McCown. The Eagles are playing the Cowboys, and the Colts
1: are playing the Jaguars. Um, I would go with
3: Eagles, Bills.
2: Eagles are playing the Although, Jets.
3: Although I actually think the Bills, the Bills defense actually, as a play, take a hit. With Josh McCown, I actually think the offense will be better under yeah. Josh McCown than it will be with Sam Darnold. But I still don't think the games in Buffalo. So, um, but I think the Eagles are a close second. Uh, but the only the only reason I would say no to the the Eagles, um, and we'll see how this sort of plays out, is Eagles, which already don't have a great secondary, banged up. Like, yeah, they I, are. You know, Jalen Mills and uh, Corey Graham were both on the injury report yesterday. So, yep. you know, if those guys, and not that they're great. But if the, I mean, you know what I mean? Like if those guys, you know, so I actually, I mean, Amari Cooper makes the love list this week as well. So.
1: All right, Daniel, what do you got from Kit and Chip before we say goodbye? It is at
0: Kit underscore Carlson, K A R L S O N, and okay. at Chip A R. They have a studio that they run, uh, called Alpine Red. You can go to alpinered.com. And again, a huge thank you for Thirsty Kyle's DuckTales theme song ish sort of pseudo pretty awesome right was that
3: it was it was ducktales i thought it was more square pegs it was ducktales no that was ducktales why it was uh
0: three young ducks and one very old contractually obligated
3: duck right that makes a lot of sense. That kitten actually Chippen. makes a yeah. lot of sense. A huge now, thanks I, to I, them for their so contributions. They're so good, such then good And I that up for some reason. I thought that was like sort of like the square pegs theme. Am I insane? Did no one else hear hear? No, I. I it was there was here. I mean, Keith is also
0: old like you, and he also <laughs> felt like he heard it. <laughs>
4: heard
0: no, I can definitely <laughs> see well, where you're going it. with that. Uh, uh,
1: well done, kitten chip. Mad respect to you guys. Yes, we are back on great. Friday. You know the drill. We're previewing every
3: single game. Enjoy Steelers Panthers tonight. We'll see you tomorrow. Uh, Love Hate is out later today. Check that out on ESPN.com. Peace out.
0: Ah, you're in the 06010. Never gonna hustle
3: in case you didn't know. Matthew Berry, TMR. You, 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 you guys go ahead, give me greed being on Sports Center for 45 seconds. I think you could do better than me, because I don't think you could. Gelbait
1: Field Yates. You're, you're, you're terrible at hashtag improv. At, 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 at Stefania Bell. Oh, don't let Barry convert you. Secret
0: Squirrel Daniel Duff. Make, 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 make it happen.
3: Mediocre fan.
1: Geico knows there are many reasons why you ride, from the camaraderie of the other bikers, a band of brothers, always there for you, rain or shine, to the amazing savings you get with Geico on your motorcycle insurance and accessories coverage all year round. But for Bucky Hornhill, it was one reason in particular. It was my helmet
3: hair. I was born with helmet hair. I've tried to cut it a bunch of times, even buzzing it, but it immediately just goes back to helmet hair. Geico
4: Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.